All right, everybody, here we go. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Smell Test Podcast, the weekly or every 10 days, depending on what, what's going on. Exactly our- seven. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but depending on what's going on, because we're on like a, just some BTS here. We're on a different schedule when we record now, because I got sick a few weeks ago. Anyway, it's a podcast where we review beloved movies from our past to see whether they today as of October 2023, still hold up. And by that, we mean culturally, ethically, humorously, and through our own personal gut checks. We then conclude our episode by judging whether or not the film we watched passes the smell test or not. Before we get started, we have a few disclaimers because we have a lawyer in the house. Two. Three, <laughs> one, two. We got two. We got two lawyers in the house today. I am outnumbered. I bet they both hate Wikipedia, but let's get through the disclaimers. <laughs> I'm going to ask you about that here in a second, Lori, because I am curious. Anyway, this podcast represents solely the opinion of the podcasters and is meant for entertainment purposes. Sometimes I'll say actors are dead. When they aren't, it happens. <laughs> this podcast it frequently. It happens quite frequently, and I'll but miss. Suzanne it. Summers is dead now. Okay. She died today. R.I.P. I. I'll get into it, but R.I.P. May, she, may she rest in peace. I. I'm. I saw her in person once. Anyway, um, this podcast also includes spoilers. So if you want to watch the movie beforehand, by all means do so, because we get we spoil the shit out of everything. Today, this movie is called Maximum Overdrive. And if you search for it, you'll find it on many free streaming platforms. So that's great. So hello, everybody. Um, who am I that's talking to you? I'm Diane. Um, as of right now, when we're recording, I'm 36 years old, born February 1987. I'm also a PhD student studying equity. So when I'm watching these films, I definitely give it, I look at it from like, more of that standpoint than I probably did when I was like nine or whatever, whenever I watched films that we cover. Um, what about you, Jess? Hi, all. I am Jess Homer. I am now 42, newly 42. Woo! Happy birthday. <laughs> um, and I am an attorney. My interest areas are employment law and also ethics and compliance. So um, I come watching these movies, but I also have a pretty fucked up sense of humor. So I come watching these movies with kind of this background of uh of trashy humor but also uh a little bit of a stickler for issues of equity and ethics and um that's me you can find me on instagram at just homer you didn't say where you were at instagram did you want to diane oh i'm at uh b arthur rules which is the best (laughs) name ever and we are very excited today we have a very special guest star one of my longest friends well we went to college together so we have been friends since the year 2000. And we still like each other. And we so. still like each other. My friend, Larique. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Thank you. I'm a huge fan of this podcast. Uh, my name's Larique. I work in e-discovery law. I work at a law firm where I assist attorneys and paralegals on how to uh, use our e-discovery tools and how to use technology. And sometimes that includes just trying to figure out how to open up uh, meeting invites. So, you know... <laughs> So we run the gamut. I, I got I've got a lot of patients. Um, so I have <laughs> a technology background. Um, I have a really inappropriate sense of humor. So a lot of times I'm someone that says the thing at the party and someone thinks says inside, I was just thinking that. So I'm usually that person. So that's where I come from. I am 41 years old. I'm an Aries. Hi, I'm single. Hello. <laughs> Um, she's using this that's total Aries behavior someone date Larika the 32 yeah yeah the dating pool is trash so um I have to watch all these movies from my childhood to uh find the inner child deep down inside (laughs) and today we are watching the movie that inspired the career of uh tech in the (laughs) (laughs) Larry's goal to battle AI for the rest of her life the longest fucking 96 <laughs> minutes of my life, maximum overdrive. Uh, Stephen King's one and only attempt at direction. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> uh, just a little background about the movie. The idea behind maximum overdrive is a comet comes over the world, but we are taking place in North Carolina, and a ragtag group of people all end up together in North Carolina. 
I would like to say we should note we talked about this during Eric's terrible, terrible movie that he made us watch. Uh, this is a movie where a black guy survives till the end, so that's exciting for a horror movie space. But uh, we have some questions about that. We'll mm-hmm, get to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, ragtag group of people stuck in this North Carolina gas station slash diner while um, every piece of machinery, except randomly a lot of the stuff in the diner, attacks them. <laughs> <laughs> So that's your synopsis. First, let's start. Lurie, why was this an important movie in your childhood? Why did you bring this movie to us to discuss today? So a couple reasons. One, for some unknown reason, this movie has always been in the back of my head. I'm like, oh, remember that movie? And I would tell people about this movie and they'd be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I actually think this might have been the first Stephen King movie I ever watched. Um. And and watching it now as a forty one year old, like I cannot believe like how how imprinted it was into my <laughs> into my brain because it was it was really bad. It was a really bad movie. Wait, we get to that at the end. Yeah. All right. Um, but I think I think one of the things that I find so interesting is like we're talking about AI and we're talking about how AI is changing how we're approaching everything and how we're trusting machines. And I think this movie and then watching like Terminator movies as I got older made me kind of distrust like machinery or like putting everything in the the hands of like robots to the point that it's like I, at a grocery store, I don't want to, I, I, like if there's a robot, I'm like, F this dude. <laughs> like, I'm trying to find a way around it. Um, which is a lot of robots in grocery stores, and do they look like the one from Short Circuit? They they do not. If they look like Short Johnny Five, like I'd probably be okay with that. Well, he does not pass the smell test. As oh, it no, turned out, Johnny Five was funny though. <laughs> that was a good episode, by the way. Though. So, Larique, you made a good point. Um, so you all just mentioned Short Circuit. So one thing. So how old were you? Let's start here. How old were you when you watched this? This came out in 86, which was the same year Short Circuit came out. I'm not 100% sure what year I watched it. I think it was after, um, it was definitely after probably like maybe like Mighty Duck, maybe around those years, because Emilio Estevez, like I I really remember him. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the only time I really, like Mighty Ducks was Emilio Estevez, like the one we kind of got introduced him at that point. So I never saw um same animals fire fire and Which all those other movies. Another movie. yeah. yeah so basically you were like a preteen ish does that probably yeah okay. yeah cool so i had never heard of this movie ever in my life and then <laughs> um when jess sent it to me i still kept forgetting um, in my head, I kept calling it monsters and mayhem which is like not a <laughs> i think that's like a truck driving thing i don't know but yeah. I had to like keep checking my phone to be like, what is it that I'm looking for? Um, when I was looking it up. So Jess, had you ever seen it or heard of it no, before? No. And this is no, like first foray into Stephen King. And we yeah, never this is about, it. Yeah, okay. no, I never heard of it. Um, I would say, so when I was trying to, we've been talking about this all weekend. What is our first Stephen King? I don't think I saw even a Stephen King story until Carrie. Okay. Yeah, Carrie was probably like the first or second. It was. I'm guessing it was this movie I saw first, and then right. I saw Carrie, Carrie later. Stephen King, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Another sequel. Saw... Yeah. Oh, you saw a sequel first? I watched Carrie two before I watched Carrie one. I've never I seen Carrie two. I loved Carrie two. I still love it. I still watch it semi regularly. Yeah, I don't um, think I've seen Carrie two. I didn't even think I knew there. I knew they did a reboot of Carrie. I just didn't know there was a Carrie two. There's a care. It's called Carrie to the Rage. Okay, it's I already like, like the it. Year Did she like go to college or made that right down on people? No, it's like um. Is it still sissy spacey? No, it's like oh. the um. It's the same school, but it's it's like uh someone with the same bloodline as Carrie. And no one ever learns not to bully the weird girl. Listen, I don't think her name's Carrie in it. <laughs> Watch me like Carly or something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, no, I've never heard of Maximum Overdrive. Okay. I also had to look it up 14. And even until the line in the movie where she goes, machines <laughs> were in Maximum Overdrive. I was like, there it fucking okay. There it is. That's where we're getting this from. There well, it is. Apparently, so 
No, I just feel left out. So I just want to say my first foray into Stephen King was the movie Thinner. <laughs> I've never oh, seen that. Oh, yeah. good. <laughs> that is a, that was based off a short, his short story, right? It yeah. Wasn't like, well, well, yeah. I haven't seen so, it. I didn't see it until like probably my 30s. So what's funny is you just mentioned short series. So this film that we watched today, which Jess says is kind of like too generous to call it a film. It's based it's on a short story. Movie. It's way too long. This movie could have been 30 minutes and done. <laughs> <laughs> but it's based on a short, a short Probably story. it took 20 minutes to read the book. <laughs> yeah. Three well, hours short- to watch <laughs> fucking trucks circle but- in the same direction. <laughs> so that's what Stephen King called it. Trucks! Exclamation point. Like he's not, he's not good at the naming, huh? I will say, okay, so one thing I think it's important to say. Stephen King fucking phenomenal like oh, i love oh, him phenomenal. i love him on twitter yes. i love him yelling at all the terrible deplorable people in unless world. he yes. says something bad recently and then i don't know about it. <laughs> he said something terrible just you didn't hear Did about he? the terrible thing stephen king said oh, on twitter God. the absolutely most offensive thing i've ever seen any white man say <laughs> well now i know you're joking yes he gave directions on how to cook salmon in the microwave did <laughs> oh. you ever hear about that he literally gave everyone a recipe on how to cook salmon in the microwave and he's like wrap it in paper towels and like squeeze lemon on like that's disgusting <laughs> on so many levels but technically that's his that's his niche like that's his that's his like his area of horror like horror recipes that could be a whole like new everyday horror like horrible recipes like tuna casserole like just bringing back that like old, true. or jello molds everything that was in a jello mold in the 50s god I recently right, went to a party a few years ago where I made jello shots shaped in a jello mold like that. Oh, did you? Yeah. So you just cut into it like yeah. I remember yeah. it. Remember Ethan's parties? We used to make they used to just make a thing of jello. And then people would just drink out of it, like take a spoon to it. Like, y'all. Like alcoholic or yeah, yeah. Oh. And and it's just so crazy. Like how we grew up, right? Like so. I just don't, I feel so bad for kids now because they can't do shit like that because of COVID mm-hmm. and they can't like, and then someone will take a picture and put it online. Like they just have a shitty life right now. But yeah, that's, that was the, yeah, anyway, we've di- we have diverted quite a bit. Yes. But, You're right. The youth these days, they deserve to do stupid shit and get ratchet do. like we did. Yeah. yeah. And they, they just, they don't have as many opportunities as we no, do. They no, don't. they don't. They don't. They don't. They mess up. We had a friend who, who at her party, she made everyone kiss a a fish. That's what Red used to do at her. That was probably before. You oh, Red, Red, yes. She used to have everyone kiss fish. It's like a stuffed animal fish. You had to kiss the fish. And then if people fought at her house, she put them out on the balcony and gave them those big, giant um, boxing gloves. Mm. And she'd make them physically fight it out until they calmed down. It was great. You know, I remember, so, I mean, if you've gotten this far into the podcast series and you don't know I smoke pot, that's really, (laughs) the context clue should give that away. (laughs) When I was an undergrad, um, I, we used to regularly shotgun weed to each other, which was, you blow directly in someone's mouth. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I think the logic was it was, like, more economical that way. <laughs> so you both... I did that with respect. so many people. That's In fairness, we try to do that with our dogs. It doesn't really work. <laughs> anyway, so maybe the machines were right for trying to eradicate us. Yeah, so, I don't see any point in us. So this film, you, you mentioned it could have been wrapped up in 30 minutes, right? So it just ends yeah. up being... You know, and because we just watched Night of the Living Dead so recently, yeah, I couldn't help but make parallels between the two because it became mostly a survival kind of situation. Once again, a couple happens upon the primary group because mm-hmm. they need saving as well. And it becomes like, I would say these people were probably more united than in Night of the Living Dead, but it becomes that basically like, we're barricaded into this thing. In this case, it was a gas station, but it's like, we're barricaded. 
because there's bad things outside and now we have to get along and cooperate to survive. I think it's very interesting, like the religious, um, like the religious aspects of this movie. Like he has a, he has like a preacher that happens to be traveling with this hitchhiker. And, and they, he tries to molest. Yes, who he tries to molest. So he, they, you instantly, like, he's a creep. Like, you don't like him. Like, you are rooting for him to die very quickly in this movie. Mm, yeah. um, you have the owner of the diner. Um, who's Hendershot. a Yeah, who's a bad guy who you hate instantly. Um, you have one of the waitresses that is just, like, losing losing her shit. But, but I'm <laughs> Can't sorry. fucking cook. Wanda's acting was... <laughs> How many... We... Like I wonder if Wanda's reaction is an allegory to parenthood. <laughs> like I made this terrible thing and he's terrible. Right? Like, it's I don't like have kids. These machines so are trying to kill you. Yeah, it's like I can understand her doing the whole week too. Like being the kind of like okay, I I haven't like I'm I'm having like a panic attack. Like I literally don't know what's going on right now. But it's like it, it's been a whole day, Wanda. Well, it's been a whole day the of first time, the first time it was understandable. understandable the, second yes. time. the second time, Wanda, you've already seen that these machines kill multiple people. Right. You got bit by a machine, as you as you called it. Um. Yeah, I, Wanda. So basically, Wanda is she's this waitress who's just kind of she serves as the historical or historical <laughs> she serves historically uh she serves as a hysterical woman there gotta be a hysterical Who, woman there has to yeah be. and like instead in contrast in night of the living dead where that one chick was just dead fucking weight wanda won't shut her fucking mouth and mm-hmm. at some point which is what i think is supposed to serve as that more philosophical debate if you will obviously in 1986 like this film was made in 1986 short circuit was made in 1986 terminator came out somewhere around then too mm-hmm. clearly people were fucking scared of yeah. machine like a of a machine um uprising taking over. um well, when was Transformers probably came out about that time. Too. So I just kept thinking also about the Transformers. And this is like basically Stephen King's like, but like, what if they kill people though? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, um, but like I kept, but like, so basically Wanda serves as that person who brings in that philosophical thing where it's like, we make. Yeah. Like, like this could never happen. Like this isn't happening. Like, like you she's like the gaslighter. Yeah, she's like the she's kind of like gas. Like <laughs> she's trying to abuse the abuser. <laughs> Can I also just point out that when I did that just now, my Zoom because we record these on Zoom went. Are you playing music right now? Set that up in this feature. Thanks. <laughs> no, I was yelling. <laughs> and while we're talking about hysterical women, I think we need to talk about like the 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 newlyweds. Um, oh yeah. Because mm-hmm. they made Connie seem like super hysterical and super annoying. Yeah. And then every so often she'd get her shit together and she'd be like, let's go get in the car. Mm-hmm. And like, she's, she's, and then she goes right back to being the annoying, like young wife that yeah. Yeah. won't stop talking. So there's a couple that, so like basically a big incident happens, right? In this diner, it's a truck stop. So it's yeah, diner. So, so set up the people a little bit. Okay. So there's an incident in a diner. So there's like three primary lo- primary stories that coalesce into this truck stop, pretty much. There's a bunch of people at the truck stop. Let me find their names. You got Bill, Bubba, Brett, um, Wanda, Handy, Brad, Duncan, Deke. You got all these fucking the people. Huh? Brett came in with the pervy priest. And then you got Giancarlo Esposito of Breaking Bad fame. Yes. In this arcade there. So you got all these fucking, you got all these people at the truck stop. And then like the machines start uprising there. Then you got, and then it cuts to um, Duncan, who's at the truck stop, his son, who's, what is it, Brad? I don't know if it was, was that Deke or was that, I can't remember. Is that Deke? I think it might have been. Yeah, I, it must be Deke based on the age of that actor. So Deke was yeah. not, oh, duh, last name Deke. Yeah. So Deke is at like a baseball game. Mm-hmm. 
Smartest so, character in the whole movie. Smart, yes. The hero. The, I'm sorry. He's the hero of the movie. He's the only one that makes smart choices throughout the entire movie. Everyone else is an idiot. Let him keep Walter Graham, you handled that with a plum. Anyway. <laughs> Walter so, Graham, if you're listening, you're our champion of this movie. Walter Graham, we love you. I, now, I will say, Walter Graham does not look like someone I would want to hang out with now. But that's mostly because of my fear of middle-aged white men. Keep going. He was, he was a classically handsome... I don't know. This is going to sound weird, but he was, a, he was a classically handsome child. Anyway, so Deke's at a baseball game, and then you got these two newlyweds, Connie and Kurt. And so basically, shit goes haywire for all, all three groups in different ways, with machines kind of uprising the, on them in a, like different methods at the baseball game. It's a, a vending machine popping out. Um, Murdering so does like cannons. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Connie and Kurt, what was it? It was just like they happened upon a gas station where someone had been killed. And then like and this then truck, truck was, was trying, trying to kill Kurt. Yeah. yeah. So they, and, they get chased and they end up at this truck stop, which also happens to have a gas station. Yeah. And then um, and then at the the truck stop, Wanda gets attacked by an electronic knife. Yeah. So. So all of them kind of eventually they all end up in the same spot, but initially you got, is it Deke? Is this misspelled? It almost seems like this should be Zeke, but anyway. um, I think it's Deke. But initially, yes. So Deke is on his way trying to get to his dad who's at work at the truck stop. Right. And then Connie and Kurt are like essentially looking for other people who are alive. Now you mentioned Connie. So mm-hmm. they're they're newlyweds, right? They're kind of annoying. That day. That day yep. wedding. They got married that day. They're driving away from their wedding. So Connie, just fun fact, is played by Yeardley Smith, yeah. who I'm a huge Simpsons fan. She is the voice of Lisa Simpson. Yeah. So imagine this bitch's voice. <laughs> <laughs> I think she could like also be like a rug rat as well. Is she? Right. I think she, she does a lot of voiceover work. I'll well, check. Keep talking your story. I will fact check some stuff while we talk. So basically, it's it's someone with that voice who essentially is half nag, half helpful. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Uh yeah, I don't know. Um. It just becomes a basic like survival story. Like I don't know, do any scenes kind of? So when you were younger, Larique, did any particular scenes like really scare you or? Well, I think the one scene in? that I remembered so vividly was mm-hmm. one of the opening scenes where um, Deke is at the soft the baseball field. Because mm-hmm. um, I think this was like the first time I saw a movie where kids got killed. that's true because that but all right keep going yeah but that there's one part so it was like super vivid to me because i was like oh my gosh like (laughs) i remember like the lawnmower i remember this kid like riding through the neighborhood like trying to like find help um and now watching it all these years later i'm like I I was terrified of this (laughs) stephen king is not afraid of a kid fucking dying no no when that what is the thing with the big wheel that looks like a Zamboni, but it was outside? You know what I'm talking like about? A steamroller. A steamroller. Yeah. That's yeah. It just straight up went over a child. And, and the like, child's head blew up. Exploded. Like, yeah. and like every time someone got hit by a truck, there was like splatter. Like they did not give a fuck about killing kids. And normally they're a little more like yeah. veiled about a no. child getting murdered by a Stephen so- King was like, everyone can get it. Dogs. <laughs> Yeah, there was a fucking dead dog in the middle yep. of the road that was killed by like a, 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 a police a car, car. Like a police car toy. A police car toy. I, I, like, actually, I don't know why I'm, I'm laughing because it's so uncomfortable. But Larique, I'm also guessing you would have been around maybe the same age as the people who were playing baseball when you watched it. Probably. Like, that probably sounds like it would be like extra 11, horrifying. Like 12, probably. Yeah, to be like, no, Zach. Oh my God, that kid looks just like now, Zach. Here's the important question: Did you ever go to a vending machine after you watched that movie? How long um, did it take you to oh, get a Pepsi? Scared. You know, you know what's funny? I I don't know if I ever. So 
my parents were, you know, like they were cheap. Like they weren't paying for the good channels. Like we didn't have an MTV till we were like much, we were much older. So I'm pretty sure this movie just happened to be on television. I just started watching it midway through. So mm -hmm. I don't even think I even saw that portion of the movie. So when I watch it, I'm like, oh, this happened? Like, did I just like blank out of it? So I didn't have a fear of vending machines okay. at that point. It's good at least. That would have been really funny if we just uncovered. Because like what we learned <laughs> by guests is that we uncover trauma here. You heard mm -hmm. Matt's episode. So yeah. um so maybe we could have fixed trauma for you, but not not that. Wasn't that, that's not the no, trauma. We'll find scene. another way to fix we'll it. Yep, yep, but I think so, I did think that that was a Zamboni. Like that machine, I, th I think when I was that age, I thought that's what a Zamboni was. So also too, I've never ice skated before. So maybe that was the connection. <laughs> I, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> so did we address, by the way, that this film is, it's its genre is comedy horror? I don't see why it was funny. Well, that's the thing. I think, because I was watching it, I was like, how is this funny? And I think that he thinks, that Stephen King thinks the parts that were funny were the things like the head exploding. or uh, Maybe. There's a scene, you know, like their chest explodes because of um, gunshots or Deke's dad dies horrifically, you know? Oh, yeah. So I, I almost feel like they um he, in king's opinion it was kind of camp in a way mm, very campy yes yeah mm. and also to like a lot of the like as i was going through the movie, I'm like i'm like why didn't like at one point they they find a bazooka in the basement they have this whole weaponry because bubba apparently mm. is creating his own militia yeah. in north carolina in the in this in this bar also tracks for today yeah and, it does track for today and i'm and like at what point i'm like what are you guys waiting for like let's just just shoot all the machines well, like that, they're totally content with waiting like seven days like waiting seven days for the comet to pass and, and, and like, that's just based on the hitchhiker um what's her name um uh, brett brett where mm -hmm. brett's like i i think it's this comet and everyone's like yeah you're probably right <laughs> and so she's just she's trying to hitchhike her way down to florida which like boo don't do it, Brett. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> but um, but related to that, so Bubba, he's like the owner of this truck truck stop, right? Mm -hmm. And he is set up as being like fucking gross ass capitalist dude. He mm -hmm. um literally they literally do a shout out to socialism by having him literally tell Emilio Estevez's character Bill. No, you're gonna work for nine hours, but I'm only paying you for eight, which is literally right. what literally right. what they talk about in socialism is like how you add surplus value to with your labor. So um I don't know. I doubt that it was that deep for King, but I noticed it. I mean, maybe but, he's into that shit. Yeah. He's like all into calling out bullshit now. But can we also discuss like some of the some of the the, the people like the, the actors, like the acting in general too? Like, so we're supposed to believe that Emilio Estevez is a parolee. We never right. find out what he you never did. Know, learn what crime. No, um, but I will say one thing to note is that the in these kind of of realism in this movie very few but one of them is Emilio Estevez is a parolee which means he doesn't have a choice because mm -hmm. he's right. powerless yeah powerless to regain into the system but he's kind of the hero so Bubba's kind of a real asshole yes. and he knows he employs a few parolees so he knows that he can mistreat them so right. he's known as being this fucking objectively bad capitalist asshole who mm -hmm. also stockpiles weapons. And for some fucking reason, he's like kind of like cagey about it, about having weapons. But he like shoots a few bazookas and then they're like, where did you get those? And then he makes some. I can't oh, remember. I found it in the basement. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> oh, big wink. And then he just stops and just goes back into the gas station. And Emilio Estevez has to watch a guy poop to get the real story. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking weird. So, so <laughs> yeah, so related to the characters, right? You got um, Emilio, we got Bill, Emilio mm -hmm. Estevez, who has a murky past. But also went to college. They keep talking about that. 
And Bubba keeps making anti-intellectual comments about Bill. He's like, you went to college, blah, blah, but you're also a parolee, so fuck you. Like, and there's a, so then there's people like that. There's Duncan, who's Deke's dad, who also works there. I don't know if he was on parole. There was someone who worked there, according to the timesheet, someone who worked there named Gene Poole. We never saw Gene Poole, but <laughs> someone named Gene Poole worked there, which I thought was funny. We got Wanda, who's this like fucking like what middle age, maybe not middle aged, but like maybe 30s ish. Um, I would see that probably. Hysterical yeah. white lady. You got Deke who plays baseball. He's like 12 ish, 13 ish. Mm-hmm um we connie and kurt newlyweds kurt kind of a little bitch i don't know i felt like he was a little bitch a little bit yeah but when it came down to it he was the only one willing to go out and do an adventure so yeah connie's a diva um then you got like assorted other people um frank frankie Faison plays um handy who also helps so there's like a rag they, there's a bunch of like ragtag group of guys who help a few of them die mm-hmm. um so then you got other people such as brad and then bubba has a son but i can't i'm having trouble locating hit who what his son's name was so just a bunch of different personalities and yeah. bubba's son was kind of a dipshit oh yeah he was like a he was a very lenny mm. Yeah. You know, like that's what he yelled to me, like Lenny from Mice and Men. But, but, and it was a weird interface, right? Because we have all these people that are thrown together, but like the love story in this movie. Oh, oh. Emilio Estevez and Laura Harrington have no chemistry, they have no business. Like to the point that I was watching this movie and I was, I, I was felt awkward watching it, watching their interactions. And I was like, how out of all the actors and actresses did they get picked for this? Because <laughs> their love story, I'm like, I don't want to see this one. And two, I, I still to this day do not know how many days they were stuck in the diner. At one point, I was like, I'm confused. Isn't this day two? It's and, so oh, confusing. it's still day one. Like uh, they're already like. So Brett is her name. We don't learn much about her other than she wants to be like a fl- free spirit, like looking for. Yeah, she's like adventure. a little hipster girl. She, just fun fact, I was trying to figure out why I knew her. She's in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Yep. We had yes. to go through yes. Which is another like classic film. Um, she's, she's actually good in that one. Just she's one. really good. And so like Brett and Bill end up fucking within hours, I would say. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they're in, a, they're in a stressful situation. And, and, and she called it making love. So no, let's not disrespect. Yeah. And how like to make doing all that weird what she said something about like how'd you learn to make love yeah, something like that, yeah. Something. every woman says that earnestly um <laughs> but one thing that uh was like creepy when they were like fucking like after they're fucking is bill was doing that weird shit i don't know if you've all you all have ever had this but like after sex when like someone starts like touching your face he was like, like licking her, he was touching her sweat on her brow and licking it and like licking it and what the like, fuck is that? if anyone ever did that to me i would leave immediately it looks like he was giving her like a skin check or something <laughs> you know you, you just said that mold. he was licking her sweat i i thought from my perspective my mom used to lick her finger if my face was dirty she would lick her oh. finger and like wipe shit off my face and i thought that's what he was doing oh i thought it was opposite but maybe it was and i was just watching it oh you're probably that sounds sexier i mean he also like kissed her eyelid and kissed her head like, so so weird if a dude did that yeah. to me i'd be like please please leave that is, but that is like a weird when people think like stuff like that is affectionate you see it a lot in movies particularly when the woman's hysterical the guy yeah. will like hold her face and kiss the different parts of her face and you're like what the fuck why are you kissing my eyes <laughs> that happens to me i don't want to be touched leave me alone <laughs> so so anyway it just becomes a human versus machine, machine kind of plot 
So mm-hmm. should we just get into our least favorite, most favorite, and cringiest? I get. I have two things to say before we get into. That. Yeah, do that. One, when this is my favorite quote ever. When Stephen King was asked why he hasn't directed a movie since Maximum Overdrive, he goes, "Just watch Maximum Overdrive." <laughs> <laughs> I can respect that. <sighs> he knows his limits. What's that guy? Was Salmon. Stephen King. Listen. <laughs> at us for that because I fucking love them. And then uh, the second thing is if you by chance do find this topic fascinating, I have a much better movie for you to watch. And it's called Rubber. And that movie, Attire, have you watched that before? Yeah, of course. (laughs) I have not. Attire, there's two. There's another one with a car that's kind of recent. But the, the tire becomes sentient. And the tire will like shake and blow somebody up. It's so <laughs> bad. It's so it's good. Great. It's fantastic. So I'll, bad. I'll good. find that one. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Now I we- have a I I have a fact I just want to add in. I don't know where I'm gonna shoehorn in otherwise, but I just okay. think it's really funny that we mention what a terrible capitalist um Bubba was. Uh, but I'm reading about why the film was uh why it was made in North Carolina. And it's because Dino De La Rentes, who is, if you're familiar with famous cooks, Giada De La Rentes's grandfather, he chose North Carolina because it's a right to work state and he wanted to make sure that he didn't have to hire any union crews. <laughs> in 86, it was a right to work state. Wow. Damn, all right. Ahead of the curve. North Carolina, ahead of the conservative curve. <laughs> so anyway. They're really pissed at, at those people in 1986 who wrote those kind of fucking laws are really pissed that North Carolina is wavering and allowing trans people to do things nowadays. <laughs> Not our state. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, who wants to go first? Loved it, hated it, and cringiest in your order, Lurie. I think my favorite, my favorite scene, are we talking about scenes or? Yeah, scene, theme, anything. I think my favorite, my favorite scene is, well, all right, favorite, favorite scene is going to have to be the scene where all the kids get killed on the baseball fields. Nothing is more American (laughs) than (laughs) kids trying to play baseball on a Saturday. Yeah. Listen, it's just, it's it's a gory scene. It's like, it's it stuck with me from my childhood all up until I was 41 years old, where I glorified this movie to be something that it totally is not. Like, it's a terrible movie. Um, but it's just, it's so campy. Like, I, I love that it's so campy, but also to like the fact, like, the struggle. Like, you have all these, like, strangers coming upon this situation and trying to figure out how to survive. And it's a very, like, you see the indication of, like, every single stereotype of people. The person that's just, like, frantic and doesn't know what to do. The person that thinks they're just going to go on their own and, and save someone and ends up getting killed. The the preacher that's supposed to be, like, Christian and supposed to be, like, trying to help everyone. He's, he's a big old creep. Like, yes, the, someone trying to steal gets killed. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's the idea of, like, all these different, like, different uh, archetypes of personalities and people, like, in a survival type of situation, which you see a lot of times in these movies. Um, plus, also, too, that the Black guy survives. So I'm, I'm happy about that. All right. So what yeah. do you, what was the cringiest and what did you hate? The cringiest has to be the love interest story between the two main characters. Like, I was literally uncomfortable watching them. <laughs> um, it just that whole romantic it was not romantic it was not sexy like the the script was really bad um what's the next one hated it hated it um I found myself a lot of the times like watching this and being like why don't they do this like very common sense I have a huge issue with watching movies where I'm like why don't they do this or why don't they just do this or is this the best use of people's time like the kid is the smartest character of the whole movie and it takes them what an hour and 20 minutes for them to find an escape i it's puzzling um yeah so do you have do you want to go diane love to hate cringiest 
Did you do a cringiest or was that? Cringy is the love interest. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. It was very uncomfortable to watch them. Like anytime they kiss, anytime yeah. there's a touch, I was like, I, let me go grab a drink. We kind of have opposites, which is kind of funny. Um, so one thing that I did like, uh, there was a scene where Bill, um, Brett, Brett's kind of breaking down a little. She's a little sad. And Bill was like, he basically, he he's like, if I put my arm around you, would you cut me? Oh, like, yeah, there was a consent Would you stab scene. me I if I did it. that? And he's like, he's asking for consent. Like, he's asking yeah. if I, like, would you be okay with me putting my arm around you? And she's like, she, like, makes a joke about her knife. And then she's like, but no, I wouldn't mind. And that that was sweet to me. Um, no, that's, 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 that's a good moment. Like, I, I'll give you that. That's a good moment. But that in general, predated the the sex the weird sex scenes especially from the Estevez family yeah yeah <laughs> so meanwhile his brother's raping Corey Aim as it happened so yeah yeah that is true yeah. yeah cool Charlie yeah. Sheen yeah. <laughs> cool dude very cool dude not nothing but great thing to say about him um I would say the cringiest for me was there was a scene um during the uh <laughs> during the baseball game where um the vending machine starts by hitting the baseball team's coach essentially in the dick a little <laughs> and um it was just like the way that the coach like he kind of like bent over and he like kneeled in that classic like i've been kicked in the nuts <laughs> kind of like stance but he like held it for too long and then like the the cans kept coming at him but um it was just like super cringy how he was just like oh and like all like bug-eyed <laughs> and, and like i don't know he just he dragged it out for a little too long mm. um i will say the thing i hated was so i mentioned very briefly that giancarlo esposito's in this and um before he i think he, i'm pretty sure he dies like pretty much oh, yeah. yeah but before he dies all these machines he's in an arcade area of the truck stop and so like all these vending machines are like leaking out all their product and money, all these arcade games, same thing. And so he's going around gathering all this shit and like stuff in his pockets. And so there's only like two non-white people featured in the whole film, right? One is a black dude who survives. One is Giancarlo Esposito, who's a fucking thief. And that's the only person you see stealing anything. So... That one kind of hurt my soul a little bit. I will say that I don't think he went in there to steal. No. No. And I probably would have taken the money too. too. The problem with this is that he continued to be greedy. To, to be greedy and keep going. He should have run out when he had the chance. He had, he has he actually had like one of the worst deaths that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So you're saying say. he should have been more streetwise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But that was kind of funny too, is I I just forgot about this. The other black character, he's the one, he's the the owner of the truck that has like the green oh. monster face on it. Right. The big bad. Yeah, the big bad, whatever, that like is killing everyone and it seems to be kind of like in charge. I just I and actually I, I probably should talk about this like like I think one thing that does make sense about this whole movie is it's not it doesn't seem like it's all electronics. It's like there's some trucks yeah. that are going off the rails, yeah. but the cars aren't and people yeah. can drive the cars. But like, some cars did because one like strangled yeah. a woman to death. Yeah. But yeah. Only some of them. Because yeah, not all of them. could drive their car. Yes, correct. So I don't know if this is like loved on an ethical sphere, but my favorite part of the movie was the beginning scene when the drawbridge was opening and everyone was just flat, like no <laughs> one's windshields had any give to them. Like every like a watermelon smashed through Someone a person's car and actually killed it like what <laughs> that was great and it went on for like 45 minutes and that that's a long scene a long it scene drag on and so that was my like favorite part of the movie but loved um i would say that i love the spunk of the kid that like made it so far um and and was like so cool under pressure and saw all those things happening but he was still like just going to get his dad and then even when he found out his dad was dead 
he still like didn't he still like got it together yeah. i'm like okay kid they so, part of the team yeah and i love that and like an important part right like didn't he yeah. figure he figures something major out at the end i don't remember what it was i'm like slipping but I think he, he like knew some science facts. I think he's the one who figured out like how they could get out of there because essentially the whole movie ends with like for some reason fucking Bill like Bill and Brett just fucking know everything which is like I so typical of are. a hipster mm-hmm. couple right like so yeah. like that's such a hipster couple shit and he's like well if we go to this one island there's no cars out there so we'll be <laughs> like somehow boats aren't impacted by this what a what sailboat sailboats specifically Fine. because sailboats okay. don't have motors sure that's why well, he said anyway. it anyway so um so bill why was i going off on a rant about oh so he's saying we should go to this island and then deke's like i know how we can get there yeah yeah so i like that i hated how long everything took like okay so we watched it on tubi so there's commercials yeah Mm -hmm. And maybe that's why it felt even longer. Forever. But I was like, how long is this movie? <laughs> so many times. Um, but I hate I hate that um, you know, a couple parts that really like are so we see in all these movies that we watch, particularly the movies from the 80s. And I love that Brett was like, listen, when you start getting handsy with me, we're going to have to stop because she Mm -hmm. knew he was going to. And he fucking did immediately. Like that kind of stuff. Like how many times do we have to watch a hysterical woman? How many times do we have to watch the girl who gets groped by the old, you know, like those kind of pieces, like I'm a little sick of. And she saved him too. Like after that whole scene, like later on when he's in front of the diner, and the machine's coming towards him, like she still she, saves him. She, I would have been. She, like, she tries to rescue. She rescues him from getting. I should have said the love you know, part is when he fuck died. that guy because they went on another rescue mission to try to, to help try him. to find him. Yeah, and he tried to kill the kid. Yep. Ugh. So I was. I should. I'm changing my love. My love is everything bad that happened to that man. <laughs> but the cringiest, um, for me, like besides the ones we've already talked, was the treatment of the owner's son or that guy that was close to him and how he kind of like that the one I said had Lenny vibes like mm-hmm. I hated how he was like come on stupid but the guy was clearly like there was some capacity issues dealing with so I just felt like from a you know I've talked before about how I do disability stuff and this is it just felt like so abusive and gross to a person who maybe doesn't have the facilities to have that kind of responsibility and then there was like violence and then even the way bill treated him like bill's asking him questions he knows he's going to get in trouble with his dad if he keeps answering the questions Mm -hmm. yep and then bill decides he's going to watch him take a shit like that (laughs) like it's all just like this awful way to treat a person who is just trying their best and in a shitty situation and definitely last lacks some of the mental wherewithal to deal with it. And I that part bothered me so much every time that that character came up to the point that I don't know if it was like the actor just, that actor actually just did a really good job or it was just like so gross to make fun of the stupid guy. Whatever it was, it really, it really irked me a lot. And especially, listen, I'm one of those people that if I think you can hear me pee, I like can't. Like it <laughs> took a long time. I don't know how I made it through college. I know I became an RA, so I would have my own bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, I, so that kind of stuff I'm so private about, but the idea of someone actually like the fact, like, why did he have to be pooping in that scene? Like I hated everything about it. And also to like the sound effects were unnecessary. Like, yeah. okay, we get it. You're in the bathroom. Like you're, you're, you're trying it's a to comedy. I'm listening to, um, to Leslie Jones's book right now. And she's like, I don't think she was talking about how like one of her first sets, she made a period joke and she thinks like very few comics can actually pull off bodily function jokes. Mm-hmm. And she often doesn't like them because she found uncomfortable. And I'm like, yeah, like that fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So uh, I think we probably know our answers, but well, let's talk about does it pass. Well, first let's talk about 
is it a horror movie and doesn't pass the smell test? Because Larry tried to say it wasn't a horror movie when I said that the black guy survives. So I guess it's both parts, but does it pass the smell test? Do we think that today, ethically, socially, morally, and like where the sense of humor is, what we think horror comedy is, does it pass it? I don't think it passes the smell test. I don't. Um, I, I would argue that maybe it's not technically a horror movie because I think it's more of a commentary on how humanity is using technology and how it could come back to bite us in the end. All right. But Stephen King was a big cocaine addict at this time. So this is probably more, like <laughs> a coke filled fever dream. All right, that like, explains all the ACDC. He, mm. he went after them and begged them to do the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, ACDC is all over the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Diane? Um, I think it, it I mean, it, was there anything particularly offensive? I mean, there's the stuff we mentioned. So I guess like contemporarily... It's both like because I'm trying to basically what you're hearing me do is I'm trying to separate between is it a shitty movie? Yes. Does this pass the smell test in those other ways? And I'm going to lean towards no, because it's kind of a shitty movie because it, it like it kind of ends abruptly with like an exp- expository kind of explanation of what happened. Right. <laughs> um <laughs> It was you know, a UFO. It was shut down it, over Russia. Yeah, <laughs> a, a, a UFO from Russia or a Russian satellite, quote unquote. Um, they survived. <laughs> they, they all of them lived. All of them, like it literally just lived with like all of them lived. And I thought more was going to happen. I was like, oh okay, dope. Oh. So it's just like a shitty film in general. But when it comes to like. I mean, the story itself isn't that offensive. Like, we didn't have any, like, underage fucking storylines like my films have had. Oh, yeah, but, that's true. You know, but, like, overall, like, would I watch something today where they had, like, a man with intellectual um, capacity issues being mistreated by his father? We'd probably feel very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, would I want to see the the two non-whites probably cast in more balanced roles perhaps would i like to see the entire cast maybe more balanced across different areas like maybe one of the women can be more resourceful yeah i thought brett was a little resourceful just a little she was bit. a little bit she just gave off like witchy hipster woman vibes she's just like oh it's the comet <laughs> She was like, it's just the comment. Now let's fuck. And I don't know. Do you realize at one point she changed? She had, she had a wardrobe change? I love it. A few of them did. Deke like changed out of his baseball outfit, put on a gas, the truck stop t-shirt. Um, And I don't think it passes the smell test either. I don't think, first of all, it's an enjoyable movie to watch today. And like, you know, we've talked in the past about like things that were culturally relevant then and it like serves some kind of historical. I don't think it plays into that where there's so many other options um, that you could watch. You could learn about AI fear from Terminator and, mm-hmm. and you can learn about, you know, I should circuit. No, we said that. <laughs> Um, and it was definitely more successfully done in Terminator because I think there's just a lot of plot holes. There's a lot of plot holes. Well, it's just um, fucking boring. I it's mean, not a good it was movie. a boring movie. Yeah. It didn't have a lot of, I, and it doesn't have a lot of like anything to really talk about, point to it. Uh, there's a million sci fi movies that are more campy and fun. Mm-hmm. Correct. But I, yeah, I don't think that it, like the character development isn't good. The storylines aren't good. It's, it's not good. But like, like you said, Di- Diane, to your point, I don't think that there's anything like, you know, they didn't throw the black guy out to the to the killer, which is what happens True. in some other movies. Like they didn't, you know, those kind of pieces. I, we haven't talked about where I think this movie has cultural relevance is that it is one of the one of the most poignant versions of product placement I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Even though like Happy Boys, <laughs> 
Happy Toys with the devil on the front didn't make any sense. But like Thurston's was a company. I mean, there were so many. Yeah, there was a lot of product placement. That it that one thing that I think is translated from this movie to, and it wasn't the first to do it, obviously, but it did do it in such a like very clear way. Is it sold four companies were going to be on a truck that was going to rotate past the camera for an hour and a half, and like that was kind of interesting. But in general, I don't think it brings anything positive to the table, and everything it brings to the table is negative. So I don't think it passes. I just think like when I think of a spell test, like I'm thinking like, would I ever want to watch this movie then? ever in life That's and right. i well then all of our movies i probably wouldn't pick <laughs> for them but because well, i think there's other movies that i would rewatch. like i would rewatch the leprechaun movie yeah. i actually found out the recently and there's like there's like 20 of them or something <laughs> like, also time out we do have a final thing that we need to talk about with the craft so don't let me forget before we leave but i think like if we think about like culturally it doesn't hold up there's nothing it doesn't give anything no the only kind of nuggets it adds was that like little piece about understanding the hopelessness of when you leave after you pay your debt to society as a criminal, mm-hmm. then you leave and there's still this like hopelessness and this corrupt yeah. system. I think that kind of carries. Um, and then uh, women are treated like purposeless Dumb. except for like fucking that still exists. Um, but I, I don't think it brings anything to the table that helps keep it. No. Okay, so let us tell you our fun fact. Fucking Rachel True. That's her name, right? Yes. yes. Rachel True has a tarot card deck. We found it in a witchy store today. Yes. Did you know that? <laughs> no. The the woman who played Rochelle. Yes. Yes. Wow. I did. I did buy it. And it's funny because I really wanted to get some uh, tarot cards. And I said to her, hey, can we do this? And she's like, yeah, sure, we'll do it tomorrow. I'm like, all right. She's like, I have this great store. I'm like, all right, great. And it's funny because last week I had this like burning urge to watch the craft. So I watched so the So basically, craft. we talked to Rachel True throughout the craft episode and asked her to follow us. And now know that we have spent money on you, Rachel True. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We did. Please follow us. Yes, Rachel. Please. But also, Holter Graham, Superstar Graham. of the Week. Superstar of the Week. We loved your character. Excellent. We're very happy with your ingenuity. Yeah. You were the only actor in the movie. You were believable. <laughs> you were the only one I felt that you were scared. You did a great job. In an apocalypse, I would want to hang out with you. Absolutely. Yeah. I was scared for you. Yeah. Sad yeah. for you. Like when he pulled out that fucking mask. So that he put on the catcher's yes. mask so, so he could smart. check to see if his coach was Strategy. good. That's so good. So smart. He's got survival skills. That kid does. He and does. now he's an adult who wears a ponytail. So maybe he yeah. could fight bears in the woods. And for him to find the drain and decide, okay, I need to get across this highway. Let me go to the drain. Always drink. thinking strategy, Deke was. I bet he was an excellent shortstop. Yeah. Before his whole team died. Yes. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry yeah. about your there was, Yeah, there was, there was a lot of deaths that I was like, that was unnecessary and like, you should have known better. So I didn't feel bad for some of those deaths. I was like, <laughs> well, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks. Find us at the Smell Test Podcast on Instagram. Smell Test Podcast. The thanks, Smell Marie. Test. What is it? Is it The Smell Test? Yeah. The? Um, you know, keep talking. I'm going to check. Uh, it is uh, The Smell Test Podcast on Instagram. The Smell Test Podcast. And uh, thank you for having me. This has been a delight. Thank I've been you. wanting to be on this podcast for a long time. And when Jess asked me, I said, absolutely. <laughs> and gave her like five movies that I wanted to talk about. So uh, thank you. Take this one. <laughs> so well, to we'll, anyone... we'll have you back. I'm sure we'll I, have Listen, you. I would love that. Um, one of the other movies I had told Jess about that I'm, I really shaped my childhood was, uh, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Oh, hell yeah. That one has to be on our list. Yeah. Yeah. I would rewatch the shit out of that. That movie I'm certain is going to pass the smell test. (laughs) She's certain of it. I'm certain it won't. (laughs) Christina Applegate. 
perfection. I mean, it's not that we can't watch it again, but I think the themes of that movie we're gonna find like child endangerment. There's no, no. There's there's definitely problematic. There's like, definitely an underage relationship. Sexual harassment. But she is a feminist. Okay. I, I do love Christina her. Applegate as a human. Love her. Oh. Love well, her. Check in with me, because as of right now, I'm falling out of favor with a lot of celebrities based on their social media posts lately. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We won't get into that. But thank you, everybody. All right. Have a great all. rest of your day. Bye, Bye. everyone. Bye.